As we begin uh, before our message this morning, I just wanted this time to invite everyone to bow your heads, just to close your eyes. As we prepare our hearts uh, for the message, I want you to just take a moment and um, whether it's perhaps remembering what this day was to you, what it was that you learned from this experience about yourself, about our world, or perhaps it's a, just a moment of, of gratitude, gratitude for the people that, uh, that, that have fought, the people that have, that have sacrificed their lives, the people even that are around us that have served in our military, that have served as firefighters and our, our veterans and police officers that are even in our congregation today. It's also a reminder, you know, all the different things that are taking place in our culture, having some reverence for the reality that you are here, you were born for such a time as this. This is the moment God placed you here. So I just want to have whatever it is for you, whatever this, this day, this 20-year memorial means for you, I want to invite you at this time to take 30 seconds of a moment of silence and prayer and reflection and gratitude. Lord, thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you for those among us, Lord, who have served, who have sacrificed, and have stood guard while we have so that we could feel comfortable. Lord, thank you that your story continues, that although many of us may be impacted by what took place 20 years ago and the history around us, our culture around us has been impacted. Lord, your move has continued and who you are has not changed. Our calling remains. Our God is, is nearer now than when we first believed. What a great privilege that we have that we can come into with freedom, uh, a service like this one within these walls without fear, and be reminded of the opportunity, the resources, the privilege that we have to serve you today. Lord, as we share this morning, as we we take a look at your word, may all of us be reminded of our calling and remember that we are part of your story in this moment and that the living God is speaking to us today. The question is always whether or not we are listening. So, Lord, we invite your presence today. Open up our hearts so that we could receive what your spirit is saying, and most importantly, that we would respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to read the text again that Pam shared since we've had a video and a moment of silence as we remember these days 20 years ago. And we're going to jump right into this text because it is certainly relevant uh, to, to, to things that, are, that have transpired 20 years ago. And in 1 Timothy 6.11, it says, But you, man of God, or I could also say, but you, 
woman of God, but you child of God, but you son of God, but you daughter of God. Just look at that person next to you right now. Say he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Now, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Paul, all right? Now, he says, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Now, when he says flee from all of this, you have to go back a couple verses. And Nick doesn't have this on, on, the, on the slides. But, so I'm going to read it to you. If you have your Bibles open, I'm looking at, at 1 Timothy 6, verse 14. And tell me if this sounds like people today. I don't know if this is relevant or not, but he's referring to people who even sometimes attempt to be godly teachers sometimes, that they are conceited, they understand nothing, they have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. That doesn't, that's not relevant to our culture today, is it? Now, this is what Paul is telling Timothy to flee from. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We're going to have a good, we're going to conclude today's service with a good confession in front of many witnesses is we're going to have a, a bat, we're going to conclude service with a baptism today. And you guys are here. So that means you are those witnesses. You are that group of people is, is, as is every member of our congregation, that's going to hold this person accountable to our faith, but in, to their faith. But in this text, Paul is saying to Timothy, remember your good confession of faith what you made in front of many witnesses. And so I wonder for, for, for all of you that are here this morning, whether you're a guest, whether you're a church member, I want, I want you to, to, to go back to that moment, kind of like that video in the beginning, when the, whenever it was maybe you said a prayer. Maybe it was a moment in time when you committed your life to Christ and, and you became a Christian. Whichever language it was, you went through a catechism. Whatever, whatever language it was that was used, But you had a moment where you made a decision, a decision to follow Christ. And consider what that decision meant to you and what it how how much it mattered in that moment. And consider in this in this moment that your story is never over. That whether you, you, you meant for this to happen or not, the living God is here reminding you of that commitment that you made, that call that you have. He says that I, that I love you and I have a plan for you and my ways are better than the ways of this world. And so it says, and I'll finish with verses 13 to 14. It says, in the sight of God, this is where this confession is made, in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made this good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul tells Timothy in this text to fight the good fight of faith. And that's the title of today's message, Fight the Good Fight. So I'm going to give you just three things today before we get to our baptism. Three things this morning that we need to keep fighting this good fight of faith 
win. We need to keep fighting. That's obviously the challenge. The first thing is when it gets hard. Keep fighting the fight of faith when it gets hard. Now, oh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed that. We'll get to it gets hard in just a little bit. Um, Paul is, is, is telling Timothy this um, as someone who is kind of a mentor to him. Paul's telling Timothy to fight the good fight of faith as someone who is a mentor to him. Now, we have what we see obviously taking place even in the, the church today is that many people are, with, with what's going on, even with, with COVID and everything, many people are tapping out to use the fight analogy. Speaking of the fight analogy, I have a close friend that, um, a close pastor friend that well, he taught kind of a series on this verse. And he, uh, he actually, to, to bring this to life, now he's an ex-college football player and everything. I'm, I'm not that. But anyway, he, he, he decided that he was actually going to train and engage in a real boxing match with a professional boxer at the end of this. So I thought I, did, I would do something very similar today, okay? So if you guys will encourage me, I'm going to do everything I can to eat that whole pig today all by myself, okay? I know it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for all of you guys, but, but I use that as an illustration because all of us in some way uh, or another, we're in the middle of a fight. And this is the word that Paul uses. He mentions fight, and he says that some things, because in this text he's saying that some things are worth fighting for. But some things that many people are fighting for are not at all worth fighting for. Some people are looking for a fight, and every little thing somebody says to them puts them on edge, well, because they're not really in one. They're not living for the fight that they were created to. So I wanted to tell you on this New Beginning Sunday that many in the church are tapping out. Many are tapping out before they've had a chance to pass on something. Maybe you said a prayer a long time ago about uh, receiving Christ in your life, but somewhere along the line, that just didn't become the most important thing in your life anymore. And somewhere down the road, we tapped out. Said, maybe I'll get back into that later. But Paul says, Fight the good fight in 1 Timothy. Then in 2 Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight. He's saying this because I'm now transitioning. Uh, my time has almost come, but, but Timothy, I want to empower you. I want to be there for you as long as I can, however much, however much longer I have. So, so Paul to Timothy was saying that many of us need to hear this, that we've got a next generation to invest in. If you feel like maybe I can't do the things that I used to, well, there are always people right in front of you that you can love, that you can encourage, that you can empower, that you can speak life into, not just correction and rebuke, but you can empower them to be who God has called them to be. So we must learn to fight the good fight. Your work as a man or a woman of God is to fight the good fight of faith. And while there is breath in your lungs, that fight is never over. And so as I was starting to say, we need to learn how to keep fighting the good fight of faith, first and foremost, when it gets hard. James 1.12. James 1.12 says that blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, compared to 
the context of the original church, which I'll read a text at the conclusion of this message about, things for the church are really not that hard today. But compared to before COVID, you could say that things have gotten a little bit harder. Things have gotten a little bit more complicated. But for you as an individual, the God that you serve has not at all changed. All right, this is my favorite line. I say this all the time, church, so hopefully you can fill in the blank for me, okay? Because there is this eternal reality that you can have as much of the living God as you want to. In fact, you already do. You pursuing, you right now in this moment, you are pursuing as much of God in your life as you want to. And you can have more. You can experience more of his presence. You can experience more of his power. You can experience more of his grace. If you haven't got to know grace, it's a pretty amazing thing. Because I don't know, because I don't know about you, but I fall short all the time. I'm a big doofus, and I make a lot of mistakes. And time and time again, I'm reminded that I'm loved. My story is not over, and, and and I get to keep growing, and I get to keep serving this God who loves me. So you can have as much of God as you want to. And I want to encourage you to to keep pursuing this living God because the only thing that limits Him is me, is us, is you. Secondly, we need to keep fighting the good fight when you get tired. We need to keep fighting when we get tired. Galatians uh, 6, 7 through through 9 says this. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. He says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I believe Paul addressed a really good reality here that, that we do oftentimes can just get weary of doing what we know is the right thing because we can be so distracted by other things that we should grow weary of. So I'm just going to help the Apostle Paul out if he were going to write the Bible, you know, today in 2021. And he, he would, I think he might want to say, here's some things you should grow weary of that I hope you grow weary of, okay? Please grow weary of always thinking that you need more stuff. You can give me an amen on that one, all right? We're going to need one in a minute. Please grow weary of always thinking that you need more money. I know. Please grow weary of competing with your neighbor instead of loving them. Please grow weary of taking selfies. This one should get a big amen. Please grow weary of posting your opinions on social media. And this one's important. Please grow weary of expecting the Browns to win the Super Bowl. It's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. I mean, you, they have a better shot than some other teams, but it's still, it's just not, not going to happen. Now, so Galatians 6, 7, go, uh, go back to that text in Galatians 6, 7. He says this key thing. He says, he says that, actually verse 8, I'm sorry. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever 
sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Whoever sows to, to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then he talks about a harvest that is coming. A harvest that is coming. But, but if, we're, if we're growing weary, oftentimes it's because we, we, we're trying to do something. We're trying to do something that is given to us from God. We're trying to fulfill God's kingdom by human ways and by man's ways, by doing some of this other garbage that was listed in Scripture, like deceitfulness and, and quarrels and foolishness and hostility, trying to, to operate in the, in the kingdom of God with the arm of the flesh. And, and the, this text tells us to, to, to sow with the Spirit of God and please the Spirit of God. I learned something this week, and I, I'm going to sound smart because I learned a big word, but, it, but you've probably heard it before. Um, we, we, have this, we have this way, we're all, we are all created to be neuroplastic. We are all anatomically neuroplastic. Have you ever, ever heard this word before? It just simply means that in your brain, you can discipline yourself to do anything. That potential is always there. You have never outgrown it. You're never too young for it. You're never too old for it. There is always potential in here for you to change something, change a pattern. So just basically, if I want to get really skinny, I have the ability to discipline myself to do it. I have the anatomical ability to do it. If I want to get really fat, I have that same anatomical ability. could start today eating the whole pig, right? I have that potential. I can do that to myself and force myself to gain that weight. So, but part of this anatomy is that we, we all have these potentials, but we, we can fill it with, we can fill it with the things of the world or we can just operate the way everybody else does and basically try to live our life without looking stupid. Or we can feel, fill it with the spirit and the presence of God. What an amazing potential. We have the ability, the, the anatomical neuroplasticity to do anything. And when God places our, his spirit within us, we now have power. The power that he said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. Men and women of God, if you realize that you, that if you discipline yourself, you can be motivated by the Spirit of God, you will receive power, power that oftentimes we, as, as our brother that was helping us cut up the pig yesterday, the pastor that was helping us cut up a pig said, sometimes a power that we don't even know what to do with at times. You were given a gift from God to serve him and to do amazing things with, to do things with that, that, that you can do if you draw near to the living God, an anointing and empowerment that he's ready to give you. And finally, we need to learn how to fight the good fight when there is temptation to fight others. Ephesians 6.12 says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against, or the next text, is that it? Against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. And then I want to show you this last text in Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is a perfect verse for kind of a new beginning Sunday as we kind of begin a new ministry season in our church. This is what the first church looked like. 
the very first church. This is Acts chapter 2. So the book of Acts is about what took place immediately after Christ ascended into heaven. So Jesus is now gone. If you've, if you've never read the book of Acts, Jesus is now gone. He's in heaven now. And Acts is the book of what first began long before you and I were ever here. This is what the first church started doing together. And it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and, and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They, they, they sold uh, their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they could continue to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This first church had it a lot different than you and I do today. This first church, they had this automatic litmus test. So just imagine if we had this automatic litmus test today. That, by the way, if you guys come to church this Sunday, it's going to be great. We're going to have an inflatable. We're going to roast a pig. We're going to, we're going to, um, you know, we're, we're going to have this little contest where you win a gift card. But if you come to church, just want you to know, after church, you know, people don't like us Christians around here. You could die. Okay? See you next Sunday. That was the first church, guys. So they, they kind of had this automatic litmus test. That, hey, if, if you were here, geez, you were, you were for real. Like, this mattered to you. You were ready to fight the good fight. So imagine what it would have been like every time they came together and risked their lives, however many, they said they met every day, so risked their lives for most of the hours of the day, and then they came together with other people who were going through similar things. See, it felt like a refuge to them. It felt like, you know, a place that, as the video said in the beginning, a place that felt like home. It felt like people that they could depend on, people that they could trust. But they could only do something like that if what they were living for, been using the word fight, right? If they were living for what they were living for mattered. Mattered more than anything else in this world. That's what this... So Paul is conveying to Timothy when he says, fight the good fight. You know what's crazy, church? Is that in the midst of this great persecution, the gospel began to spread like crazy. And it continued to do that throughout the course of history. Wherever there was persecution, the gospel spread. But in the midst of great persecution, the gospel spread. But in the midst of great comfort... The gospel becomes stagnant. In the midst of great distraction, the gospel becomes stagnant. And see, the, the, the enemy knows what he is doing. He knows exactly what he is doing. So you can kind of almost look this like, a, like, a, like at a football game, right? Like the NFL starts today. So, so God is calling us to be the guys on the field you know, taking up the armor of God in, in the uniforms, you know, playing the game, doing what we're called to do. We are, there, there's work for us to do as the body of Christ, but many of us do today just kind of want to come and 
pay the tickets and sit in the stands. There were no stands to sit in for the first church. <laughs> Those people in the stands would have been gone very quickly. There was no, no reason to be a spectator. You were either in or, or you were out. And this is what it was like for the first church. And this is, this is the, the mentality. This is the passion. This is the fight that the first church had that caused it to grow. As the, as the text reads, that many who were being saved were added to their number daily. Men and women of God, I want you to know today, being part of the kingdom of God is something worth fighting for. But we are in a day of uncertainty. Strange. It's, these are strange days in America, strange, very strange days for the church. But I, I, that's about all that I could say. Strange and uncertain just simply means we don't know what's going to happen next. We know our, our access, you know, things could change and we could, we, we, we could have more of this uh, Delta virus breaking out. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just as uncertain as everybody else is. But the truth is that the church could look different from one day to the next. But we cannot quit fighting. We can't keep growing as men and women of God. We can't quit. And our fighting may look like forgiveness. Our fighting may look like compassion. Our fighting may, may look like no matter what I do, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to just spend a couple moments in, in the Lord's presence. Before I go to bed, I'm just going to spend a couple moments in the Lord's presence. Our, our fighting may, may be to continue uh, to, to continue to, to grow and continue to be generous, to give, to empower others, to speak words of life when everyone else is polarizing and speaking, and speaking words of negativity and finding ways to point the finger. Maybe fighting the good fight is taking up the sword of the Spirit like we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is really a dagger, a smaller sword that's meant to do work on ourselves and keep fighting and allow the presence of God, the Spirit of God, to transform us. I want to ask you at this time, just to bow your heads and, and close your eyes. All across this room, we've just been challenging a simple message of what it means to be the church today. That what really is happening, if I haven't made this clear to you, all across America and in many parts of the world, the church really is tapping out. But you're here today. That says something special about you. That says something special about your curiosity. That says something special about this moment in time. And my commission, my challenge to you is to fight the good fight. And so maybe, maybe you've made a confession a long time ago. Maybe, maybe you're hearing the, the word of the Lord today, and you just want to simply say, today I need to recommit my life to Christ. I need to remember what I'm created for. There are many things right now that I'm chasing after that I was never intended to chase after. They were never meant to be number one in my life, and I don't know how I let them become that way. Say, hey, Lord, I want to return to you. Nobody's looking around. I want to ask you to do something really bold if that's you. Everybody, please just keep your eyes closed and heads bowed. If that's you, you hear the Lord speaking to you, and you say, today's the day I need to recommit my life. I just want to encourage you at this moment, lift up your hand. Nobody's looking around, but this pastor right here. If that's you this time, just lift up your hand. Today, I need to recommit my life to Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Lord, I thank you for those who have lifted up their hand. I thank you for each and every one that is sitting here today on this Sunday. Today in front of me are church members. Today in front of me are guests. And today we're being reminded that we were created for a purpose. And our purpose is found in you. And serving Christ, the Son of God, as our, as our Lord and Savior, our Messiah. And that means that our life has a divine purpose, and that purpose is found in him. All across this room, I pray, we would commit ourselves to this cause. As we see others tapping out all across our country and even all across our world, we would hear the word of the Lord and keep fighting the good fight. Say, yes, that's me, Lord. Keep fighting the good fight. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for those who have responded. And now may we do what you've called us to do in such a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Summer breeze made ripples on the pond Rattle through the reeds and the willow trees beyond Daddy in his good hat, mama in her Sunday dress Watched with pride as I stood there in the water up to my chest And the preacher spoke about the cleansing blood And I sank my toes into that cool Ohio mud It was down with the old man, up with the new Raised to walk in the way of light and truth. I didn't see no angels, just a few saints on the shore. But I felt like a newborn baby cradled up in the arms of the Lord. Amazing grace, oh, how sweet the sound. There was glory in the air. There was dinner on the ground. My sins, which were many, were washed away and gone. Along with a buffalo nickel, 
I forgot to leave it home And that seemed like such a small, small price to pay For the blessed peace of mind that came to me that day Down with the old man, up with the new Raised to walk in the way of light and truth. Didn't see no angels, just a few saints on the shore. But I felt like a newborn baby, cradled up in the arms of the Lord. This road is long and dusty. Sometimes a soul, it must be cleansed. And I long to feel that water rushing over me again. Down with the old man, up with the new. Raised to walk in the way of light and truth. Didn't see no angels, just a few saints on the shore. But I felt like a newborn baby, cradled up in the arms of the Lord. I felt like a newborn baby, cradled up in the arms of the Lord. All right. All right. Uh, do we have our, uh, if someone could raise that up there for me, that would be great. I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm sorry. Um, do we have our uh, count uh, for the, the thing, for the guests today? Yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. I got I to look over your shoulder, Jill, just to make sure, because Jill's in this too. So, yes. So what we did, guys, is we asked all of our uh, deacons, everybody's on a, on a flock list. And, um, and everybody that's on uh, the, the, the winning deacons flock list is going to get a free gift card to Dairy Queen. So the winner is, what are you cheering for? How, how do you already know what's going on? <laughs> the winner is the Clint and Jill Sorrell's flock list. So congratulations to all of you. Um, right there underneath that, uh, right there, there's a little Dairy Queen bag and you've got the gift cards. So if you're on our flock list, you should know who, who they are. Um, uh, and if you're Jill's guest today, she's got a special gift for you before you leave today. So again, if you're our guest, we are really just glad you're here. Don't forget to put your uh, um, guest card in the offering plate before you go. And uh, we also have another gift for every guest that's here for the first time. So we want to thank you for coming. And so last thing we get to do today is something pretty awesome, all right? We are going to get to baptize someone today. So I want to invite uh, the one and only Chrissy Banks to come forward. All right. Hey, Chrissy. Chrissy, I've got to, to know her um, over the past few years, and she's been uh, recently coming back to church. 
um, it, it really in the, in the past about four or five months or so, a little longer than that maybe, um, just went through just went through a tough season, went through a tough time, you know, lost someone really, really close to them and losing her dad. And she's decided today uh, that today's an important day in front of all of you and all of these witnesses to make her confession of faith and be baptized into Christ. So she's got a little bit of what she wants to share. And Chrissy, tell us why you would like to get baptized today. I want to get baptized to be with Christ, be a better person, and to make my mom and dad proud, especially my dad. He's still here with all of us, but he's not forgotten. All right. All right, now we're going to, we baptize here. We do three times forward in the Church of the Brethren. But I just have one simple responsibility of you, okay? We, we used to do vows, but we can't do them because then you can't see us, right, if I put your vow. So your commitment to her is that when she comes up out of that third water the third time, you're going you're gonna to stand up and shout as loud as you can in celebration, all right? I'm going to baptize her three times. You ready? You can go down on your knees there. Just face this way, honey. There you go. You face this way. There you go. All right, Chrissy, by the presence of God and the authority of the gospel of Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. All right, you okay? Yeah, a lot of people cheering for you, sweetheart. Will you join me for one last word of prayer before we go, all right? Well, Lord, we thank you so much for Chrissy. We thank you for this decision that she, this public confession of faith that she has made. And now, Lord, as her testimony of you, may your hands be upon her to guide her and to lead her and to reveal your will to her. And Lord, for each and everyone here as they are witnesses, may they continue to encourage her along her, her journey of faith and remind her of the God that has called her and the plan that you have for her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I'll say one more quick prayer because that way you all don't have to wait on me or anything. You can all go downstairs and eat, okay? Is there any instructions or anything, Jill? Just start a line over here just like we always do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're going to start getting things ready, so it might be a minute or two. Feel free to say hello to someone before you go. But I'm going to say a real quick prayer for the food today as well, all right? Lord? Thank you for this meal these wonderful people have prepared and that all of these wonderful people in front of me will get a chance to share. Lord, we are blessed. We have been given so much. May we continue to be grateful for the God that we serve and all that we have in front of us. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. We hope to see you downstairs.